we're safe. Um, as I was writing all this stuff out, I was talking to Steph about it and realising just how full on it has been the past few weeks. Romans is, uh, is really hectic. But um, yeah, the past couple of weeks alone, just looking at the sovereignty of God is, is a massive topic and one that creates a lot of controversy for some people. But I mean, if you don't believe that God is sovereign and you don't believe that he, he acts without us uh, needing to do anything, I don't think we can help you. Because <laughs> God is sovereign and he is great and he just functions in a way that we just don't understand and that's the great thing about him. But today we're looking into Romans 10, verses 11 to 17. So if you want to open up your Bibles and follow along. But um, first we'll go probably quickly brief over the, the start of the chapter. Um, if, if I haven't made it clear enough, whenever, whenever I preach, I want to make sure that when, when, we're, when we're reading our Bibles, if there's kind of something you're reading and you kind of go, oh, that kind of sounds just a little bit odd, I don't quite get where this is coming from, go back, go back and read where we've come from and put it into context. That is so important when it comes to reading the Bible because if you read something out of context, you can do anything you want with it, really. So go back, read it all together, and then you'll end up where we are today. But just to brief it, we've only just heard about Paul's desire to see the Israelites be saved. He is desperate for the Israelites to be saved, but they won't be saved, or they can't be saved at the moment because what they're trying to do is build their own righteousness. They're not relying on the righteousness from God. They're just going, we can make this ourselves uh, by following the law, sort of thing. But we see that in verse 4, Christ is the end of the law. Okay, so that there may be righteousness for every single person who chooses to believe. This does not mean that the law is no longer relevant to us. It just means that Christ has fulfilled the law on our behalf. Okay, so the difference is the Pharisees are trying to fulfill it themselves, whereas Christ, we know that Christ has fulfilled it for us, and we can trust in that. And we lead into, that, that all pretty much leads into the, probably my favourite verses in the Bible, and that's Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, finishing off before we get into today. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess and you are saved. Now, this is, that's crucial. That is crucial for us to understand as we go into verses 11 to 13 today. So, we'll go 11 to 13 if you want to follow on. As Scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, as I read that the first time, as I was going through it, I thought, stuff this, I'm going to read it again and again so we can really understand what's being said. So I'll try and, I'll, I'll read it again and I really want you to just understand that how important this is on our walk with God and for us as we present God to other people. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him 
will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, as we lead into that first part, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of times in my life where I've felt like I've pretty well been put to shame. Most of the time it's been self-inflicted, but that's not the point. The, uh, the point is, what, God, uh, what, what Paul is writing here is such great value to us on an, an eternal scale with God. We will not be put to shame before the eyes of God. No matter who we are or where we've come from, there is absolutely no difference when it comes to God. Now, I've used this example before, but this is kind of how I put in perspective for myself because I feel like a lot of us tend to get uh, a bit, or myself, oh, actually, I'm not going to include you in this. It's just me that does this. I get very judgmental of people, especially uh, people that make really dodgy decisions in life, end up in jail, all that kind of stuff. It's not a very nice thing to see. And what I want us to understand all together, and for myself especially, I want you to think of the worst person imaginable in your eyes, the worst person you can think of. And now to shut that down on you, whether we like it or not, do you understand that God has the power to use that person to bring about the glory of his kingdom? That is the God that we're dealing with. There is no difference. My sin is the same as any person's sin on the street, any person's sin in jail, anyone in the world. There is no difference when it comes to God. Sin is sin. Okay, It's the same. It has no difference. And Christ had to die for every single one of them. If God was only going to use us, only use the people that we think are good, stuff me, he's, he's out of luck, I think. Because we've only just seen in Paul's letter to the Romans in chapter 3, verse 10, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is freedom in that, though. So we have Christ. There's freedom to have the righteousness of Christ in our hearts. And I understand that the sovereignty of God has, has been a big, big question for people, but the, the great thing that Paul writes here, there's freedom in what we just read. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, I bring up the sovereignty because we've just been talking about it being God's choice and that God decides who is saved and who is not. But as we read here, we should be of the opinion that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That is such a crucial point. That is not a brush-off comment. Because if we understand that, that every single person who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, if they believe in their heart, holy smokes, that is massive when it comes to talking to other people about Jesus. So... 
like I just said, it is God's choice in the end. I'm not going to dive into the sovereignty of God today because as we've heard, it's such a rich topic. So if you do, if you still have questions, I encourage you either to listen to the past few weeks' sermons from St. George and from Darren. And then if you're still stuck on that, uh, probably give probably give Derek a phone call, I reckon. I reckon he'd love to talk to you about it. Um, but with that in mind, we'll keep going from verse 14. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. I'll tell you what, when I go through this part, Paul asks so many questions in this letter and they're all the same style every time. They're all rhetorical because he leads it into a point. He asks so many questions. Oh, how can all this happen? And he leads it up to the, to the big finishing note at the end. But you see here, he quotes from Isaiah 52.7, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Just a quick side note, I've got pretty mangy old feet. Don't look, Les, how dare you? Okay, they're pretty grungy. So it's kind of a bit weird to hear how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. But it's less about the physical, less about the actual feet, because even back then, their feet would have been a lot grungier than mine. But it's a glorious calling to be able to deliver the message of God. That's, that's the beautiful feet. You know, every single one of us here is actually called to deliver that message. That message of Jesus that has spoken so deeply into your own hearts. We are called to deliver that message to people. And it is such a beautiful message of salvation that every single person needs to hear. That's the beautiful part. Carrying that message to people. Telling people about their wonderful saviour. The salvation they have through Christ. That's beautiful. It really is. The amazing thing about this message that I absolutely love. I was talking to Derek about this morning. Steph and I were talking about this passage together. None of us can get out of it. If you're like sitting at home and you go, oh, I don't really want to go to talk to someone about Jesus today. Or I don't want to bring glory to the kingdom of God. It's it's too bad. If you're a Christian, God's going to use you. If you're a non-Christian, God's going to use you. (laughs) That's just it. He's going to. Uh, Steph and I, well, Steph found it and we read it together. If you want proof that God's going to use you, we go to Acts 4, verses 17 and 20. So this is the Pharisees here at the start and they're threatening Peter and John to stop proclaiming the name of Jesus to people. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name, that being the name of Jesus. They called them in again, that's Peter and John, and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes? To listen to you or to listen to him? You be the judges. As for us, 
we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. I found it amazing when Steph and I were talking about it, these guys are getting threatened. Like actually being threatened. And back then it's pretty serious. These guys could be taken out in the street and killed at any moment, really. But they knew in the face of that threat the absolute power of God to be able to work regardless of what's going on. They knew that no matter what, they wouldn't be able to help but to tell people about Jesus. It's such a nuts thing. Like to be able to just say to someone, you know, I actually can't help the fact that my heart just wants to pour this out. God has loved us so immensely that we, we just have that desire to pour it out to people, to speak to people, for other people to know. I want you to take courage in this because when I heard it, I was like, yeah, it's kind of pretty scary. Just a little bit. You know, if another country decides to take over Australia one day, which you never know, and they absolutely despise God and despise Christianity, it's kind of a scary thought that, hey, no matter what, (laughs) no matter what's going on around me, God's going to be able to use me to proclaim the message of Jesus. And I think we should take great courage in that because it is a joyful and beautiful message to be able to deliver to people, regardless of what happens to us here in this world. No matter your situation, God will find a way to use you. Yeah. Sorry if I'm feeling a little bit jumbled here. I'm really taking my time as I'm going through this because my brain's a little bit thick. And I was talking to Derek this morning. I'm like, man, I need to understand this way more than what you guys do (laughs) as I'm reading through this stuff. But we'll lead on, we'll lead on and get to the finishing passages in verse 16 and 17. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Uh, I want to follow this up a little bit. We'll, 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 keep, we'll keep twisting it all together. But I want to follow this up with 1 Corinthians 1 as, as an encouragement for us for us all, as, as, as you go out and you talk to people about Jesus, as you talk to your family members about Jesus. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. This is so important for us to understand here because you may very well find yourself talking to someone one day about Jesus and they're just going to be like, this is so dumb. How do you believe this? To people who are perishing, it is foolishness. They don't care for it. They want to continue chasing the wonderful things of this world. Wonderful, uh, yeah, take that lightly, please. But to the people who are being saved, It's the power of God. It has such incredible power for people that hear it. It is really important for us to be able to spread this good news of Christ. It is. 
We're in a country at the moment where there is very, very little persecution apart from, shut up, idiot. You know what I mean? Like, there is very little persecution for us here as Australians at the moment. We need to enjoy that. That is such a great privilege. There are, there are people who have such an intense desire to share this great message of Jesus and yet if they openly share about Christ on the street, they either get thrown in jail or they are killed for their faith. So we have such a great freedom that God has blessed us with here in Australia to be able to just walk up to someone in the shops, in the street, or even invite someone along to something like a men's group or a ladies' group. We have the freedom to be able to do that without any consequence or punishment. How insane is that? It is such an incredible thing that I want us all to be aware of. I need to be aware of it. And when I say we need, it is important for us to be able to spread this good news of Christ. It's not in a self-righteous way, as a way to be able to pat yourself on the back and say, man, I did a good job today. I told a heap of people about Jesus. It's not in a self-righteous way, but it's, 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 it's with joy to be able to talk to people, to share with them, knowing how much you've been saved, how much you've been forgiven, and knowing what awaits every single person who you tell about Jesus. Knowing that they too can be completely saved and freed from their slavery of sin. That's nuts. That is open to everyone who hears it. Regardless of whether or not people think we're foolish for what we believe, we know that it's true. That's the power of it. We know that it's true. And if we truly believe that it's true, we should know that anyone who refuses it is going to be in a place that is without hope, without love, full of anger and sadness and bitterness towards God. It's not a good life. I don't know if you've been angry. It's, it's harrowing. It hurts. So anyone that doesn't accept this message that we talk to, anyone that says, this is stupid, this is foolish, I don't care about this. We should be praying for those people. <laughs> because the end result of that kind of life is an eternity of turmoil and suffering. Now, as I finished reading this stuff, um, I kind of was thinking to myself, I was like, what am I, what am I called to do then? Not always the best way to read the Bible. What am I supposed to do, God? As if, you know, I can add this big, great benefit to what God's doing. But if you read 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16, Peter writes, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason. Oh, sorry. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks uh, to give the reason for your hope that you have. 
but do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against you or against your good behaviour in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. I butchered that very badly. But the wonderful thing that Peter is saying, always be prepared for everyone who asks you to give a reason for your faith. I kind of I summed it up here at the end for myself as I was going through. As we look at 1 Peter 3, the things that we can take from that, read the Word of God, pray, trust that God is completely in control. That way, we know that we've equipped ourselves with God's Word We're ready for anyone who asks. With gentleness and respect, I want to keep that in mind. Gentleness and respect of other people. We are ready to give an answer for our faith. Regardless of how they respond to us, we are called to be gentle, loving and respectful of other people. That's through the power of the Spirit, by the way. Because I don't know about you, but when someone goes, you're an idiot, I go, oh, I'm going to punch you in the head. <laughs> we're, not, we're, we're not made. Like we're, we are made to be good, but because of sin, we just desire. We desire to give in to that and be like, you caused me hurt, I'll cause you hurt. But we're called to something greater. To be gentle and loving towards people the same way that God has been gentle and loving towards us. Sorry, I'll keep going. So we've equipped ourselves with God's mighty word and through prayer we are lifting anything and everything up to God. And we need to let go of the wheel. If we here as the Deeran congregation and anyone else who listens online truly believe that God is sovereign, that he is mighty, we know that he's in control and it's a great thing it is freeing it is freeing to not have control because you don't need to try and work out what happens in the end because God already has we need to give everything up to God again I want to say if you are if you're listening or if you're, if you're here today thinking about what can I do read the word of God Pray to God. Let go of yourself. That's it. There's nothing more. There's no shovel you can pick up. Okay? Nothing you can tidy up for God. He's got it all under control. He's absolutely amazing. He knows exactly. He knows exactly what he's doing. I want you to take courage in that. Sorry if I've baffled on for a bit today. Uh, I feel like I've kind of gone all over the place, but that's the wonderful thing about God and the Holy Spirit, isn't it? <laughs> the Holy Spirit will help sink this this all over the place message into your heart. But we'll pray for that now, I reckon, because I really want us to understand this. Father, we just pray as we as we come to the end of yeah this reading today. I pray that you help us to understand what we're what we're hearing what we've read, 
Help us to take it in and help it to really sink in, Lord, that you are incredible in everything you do. The wonderful work that you've done through Christ, I just pray that that will sink into our hearts so that we can pour that out to other people. Pray you give us just that that overwhelming joy in our hearts to be able to share this message with people, God. I pray that you help every single person listening today. Help us to let go of ourselves. Help us to give up on any kind of effort that we're trying to put in to our own salvation. Help us to trust in Jesus. Help us to trust in you and your great work. Yeah, and give us a boldness to be able to talk to other people about your wonderful message, Lord. We pray that this will be completely of your work, nothing of us. We are extremely grateful for you, God. And we give you thanks and praise, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.